three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli. Okay, Merry Christmas and welcome to the Bolt from the Blue podcast episode 35. Tonight in the pod, we will try to figure out what went wrong against Crystal Palace in a game City lost 3-2. In the virtual Skype studio, we have once again Press Switch Blue, Colin Savage. Hi, Colin. How are you? Good evening. I'm um, a bit of a miserable sporting weekend, having watched City on Saturday and the Pittsburgh Steelers throw away the game on Sunday night. Yeah, but, you said something yeah, about it's that. It's Christmas, what the hell. And making his debut tonight is none other than Stefan Borson. We've been chasing Stefan for his forensic abilities, just like Pep's been chasing after Frankie de Jong. Hi, Stefan. How are you? Good, good. Hey, Dean. Okay, guys. Well, let's start with Stefan. Stefan, uh, opening question. Bit of a general question, this. But how do title-chasing Manchester City, hanging on the coattails of Liverpool Manchester City, conspire to lose at home to Crystal Palace? Was it a series of unfortunate incidents, bad luck, or something more systematic, Stefan? I think it's all of the above, isn't it? Mm. Plus, uh, poor team selection, I think. You know, ultimately, I think we took one too many chances. Uh, injuries have come at a bad time and and in, in a bunch. Um, I'm sure we'll talk in the, you know about the game in more detail, but uh, you know I think we were unfortunate to an extent, but um, I don't think we helped ourselves. Uh, Stefan, let me read you out this lineup. So uh, going into the game, we had Aderson Walker, Otamendi, Laporte, Delph, Gundogan, Stones, Bernardo Silva, Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, and Sane. Did that please you, uh, Stefan, or was there something a bit awry about that lineup? Well, Stones doesn't work in midfield for me. Yeah. So, um, and, and I think it became apparent very quickly that it wasn't working. Even, even though I actually felt for the first half an hour we did, uh, we did reasonably well. I've watched it a few times just that first half hour just to see whether I was going slightly insane. Um, but I thought we did fine. But, uh, but I think it was despite having Stones in there, and I think we also lose Stones out of the centre of defence. Uh, which I think destabilizes the rest of the back four. So um, I think it's a you, you get a double whammy from from doing it. Uh, it just doesn't work. Uh, and there was easier solutions to it, um, to the problem, to the injuries and everything else. And um, I, yeah, I don't think it was decisive because I still think that we should have and we did have enough to win the game uh, with that starting line that you just described. But but uh, for me, the big one was Stones. I mean, you know, we've all talked about it. I'm going to bring in uh, Colin at this point. Colin, uh, what did you think of that lineup? And do you agree with uh, Stefan that perhaps 
bringing in Stones as a as a solution to giving Fernandinho a bit of a rest was something that destabilised the team. Uh, I never disagree with Stefan. So yes, um, I, I was a bit disappointed when I saw that lineup. In fact, I, I, I saw it on my phone when I was at the ground, and I saw Laporte and Otamendi, and I said, "What what's wrong with Stones? Is he injured? Is he on the bench? Couldn't see him on the bench." And I realised he was playing defensive midfield. And uh, I saw him at Leicester on Tuesday night, the Carabao Cup game, and um, you know he wasn't. He did his best, but he's not a defensive midfielder, and I simply didn't understand why. Uh, we, you know, we've got Gundogan who could have played in that position. Mm-hmm. We've got Delph who could have played in that position, and Zinchenko could have moved up to fullback. I didn't simply didn't understand why we why we did what we did, uh, and, and I think that showed because we we lacked that crucial drive in midfield. I, I, you, you do wonder whether Pep was trying to make a point to um, the powers that be, Chiki Bagheri, Stan and Ferry and Soriano, that in fact we do need a replacement for Fernandinho sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't buy that there's some kind of coded message to to, to, to the board or to anybody else. I mean, they're, they're grown-ups. They're, they've worked together for X number of years. They talk with each other all the time. They know what the situation is. Everybody knows that we need a replacement for Fernandinho, and everybody knows what happened in the summer with, actually, a player I don't think particularly is a replacement for him, but that's by the by. So I, I don't buy that it's a coded message. I, I think, you know, Pep thinks it works. Or, or I think he thought it might work in that game. I, I think he would. He knows from the comments that were made after the game. He knows that it didn't work, um, and maybe it was too. You know, by the time it gets to half time, the damage is done because we're two on down, and you know, you've got a problem on your hands at that point. Uh, but I, you know, I agree uh, with Colin in terms of the options. There's, um, to be honest, even without the Delph option, we don't. We do, do we really need a? A defensive midfield player in a game at home to Crystal Palace? When we know yeah. the pattern of the game, we know that we're going to have, you know, 80% possession. Um, we're not, you know, the defending that we're going to do is not going to be down the middle of the pitch. It's going to be long balls into into our fullback areas or long balls through or, or, or runs uh, through Zaha. And it was therefore much more important, I think, that the, the back four and certainly the back two was a partnership that we can rely on. And he, I don't know, I think he gets it wrong. And um, we paid a very, very heavy price for it. Uh, I think uh, the, the, the other thing that struck me as well was mm-hmm. if Kevin De Bruyne was starting to get fit, playing for the first half hour, and this is a criticism we've, we've made of Pep a couple of times before, get the game won and then take off the players you need to take off so you know De Bruyne and Aguero or, or no, not, I don't think I'll have started Aguero actually but perhaps he should have shot, started Kevin De Bruyne uh, which would have released Gundogan to take the Fernandinho position and Gundogan is probably Gundogan probably would have been the right option for that game because as Stefan rightly said we weren't going to be facing waves and waves of attack I think also you know I think it goes back to the Foden thing and his <sighs> I mean, his desire just not to blood the guy. Uh, to me, he should have been. He should have played in home games already in the league at home, and and it would have made Crystal Palace at home a game that he also could have played in, in an eight, and um, and then again you could have played Gundogan at the at the six, uh, and so. I, it all comes back to the same thing. I think he gets it wrong. I mean, you know, what's the situation with KDB uh, playing? What if he if he's playing him on Tuesday to get him fit? Then why would you not play him for? Why would you not switch those round? 
Well, yeah, because it just, it doesn't make any sense. It, you, you know, you get 20 minutes for your first appearance, which you did on at Leicester. Then you get perhaps an hour for your second appearance. And then you start, you know, you maybe get 70, 80 minutes for your third appearance. So, you know, Leicester again on um, Wednesday. But, uh, you know, I don't understand why De Bruyne didn't get at least a half six or 60 minutes to get him back to peak fitness. Mm-hmm. Stefan, are you prepared to take the halo off uh, Pep's head and just express yourself as being a bit pissed off with the way that Pep is faffing around with these lineups and overthinking things? No, I don't think so. I think that would be overstating where I am on it. I uh-huh. He made a mistake, uh, in my view, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't with hindsight. It was a view that I had and many people had before the game that it wasn't the right choice. Um, I still, as I, I keep coming back to two things: one that we for before they score the goal, we're playing fine. You know, I, I would even most people will disagree with me. I would say we actually were playing well. Uh, we created we created a number of chances. Um, Sane had a, a very good chance and he doesn't square it. We scored a very good goal. We had a couple off the line. We had nine corners. We're completely dominant. They've not had the ball in our penalty area. Never mind had a shot. That's true. So so you know for all of my complaints about a backward passing stones. It still should have been enough, but for a couple of situations that that pan out, and um, so I, you know, yes, I think Pep gets it wrong, but ultimately on the pitch there was enough there. Uh, individuals make errors, and we also get unlucky. Colin, talk to me about that first half um, until the goal. The goal was scored on the 27th minute by Gundogan. Talk to me about the period up to the goal, and Stefan, you jump in there when you feel a need. Well, as Stefan said, I thought we played quite well. We we set out, um, we started with intent. We had that very early chance where uh, Delph has that wonderful shot. I'm not sure it would have crept in under the bar. It might just hit the bar or scrape the top of it. But um, the the goalkeeper Guaita had to make a had to make a really good save. Um, and, and again, it was one of those where um, Palace were getting. We're getting bodies in the way. So it was a bit like watching 11 Richard Dunn's. Um, I saw Dunny before the game, actually. I was stood just about a yard from him um, when he was being interviewed in the Tunnel Club. But, um, yeah, it, it, that first half was was, was fine. It, I, 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 we were getting a little bit frustrated where we sat because, you know, they were throwing bodies in the way. And, and I say, as Stefan said, Sane made, took that wrong option where he probably should have squared to Gabriel Jesus instead of shooting. Uh, and at the time, in real time, it looked as though he only had one chance to do something with the ball. Having watched it back a few times, I think he did have the chance to just put his foot on the ball and square it. And um, But yeah, it was... Um, what else? I think there was... The, there was a chance that um, the, the ball came over to Sterling and he mishit it, but it still fell to, to I think, Bernardo Silva. Um, and that was one way, they, again, they got bodies in the way and, 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 and cleared the ball. But, um, you know, if, if Sterling perhaps had hit that one first time the way Delph hit the one he hit in the first couple of minutes first first time, then, you know, we, we, that might have been another goal. And, and, and there was always the feeling at that point that if we got a second goal, well, if we got... Crystal Palace will struggle to score two goals. So any goal we scored would have um, put them under pressure. If we got two goals, and I said this to to Matt, who sits next to me, you know, if we get if we get two, they aren't scoring three, which was about the worst. And I should keep my mouth shut because every time I say something like that, um, you know, I'm proved to be an idiot. But um, yeah, that first half 
first half hour was was fine, and then of course um, there was the goal. And again, it was a beautiful, uh, beautiful move. Um, great ball from Walker to uh, Sane. Sane played it back to Delph. Delph floats in a wonderful delivery again. Uh, and, and Gundogan was doing his Frank Lampard impression of just ghosting in behind the, um, you know, in front in front of the back four, ghosting in behind them and getting his head on the ball. And, and everything looked great at that point. And you think, oh, well, we've got one. Uh, and we've seen it before, haven't we? Teams come to defend and, and Palace came to defend. They, they, they had a formula which worked when we played them at um, down at their place last season. Um, and, and you think, well, they're going to carry on defending for their lives and hope they get a goal or, or something like that. So, But at half an hour, you know, that 27 minutes when we scored, you're thinking, well, we've got one, we'll get a second. They aren't going to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Stefan, that lead uh, lasted precisely six minutes, and uh, then Schlup for Crystal Palace equalised on 33 minutes. Is there anyone that you feel needs digging out for that? I mean, the the, the press have been uh, extolling Hodgson and his game plan uh, against City. What did you think about how they responded? Well, there's there's no, I mean, the game plan kind of theory. There's no plan. He didn't he didn't have the ball in our penalty area in the first 33 minutes of the game. I mean, they they were they were completely um, impotent in, in that in that opening period. Um, Zaha is Zaha, and we know that he can move the ball forward. Um, uh, so he's always going to be some kind of threat, and he had that breakaway um, where he then threw himself on the floor um, early on, and that was Stone's fault. Um, you're not going to go through through 90 minutes or even a half without there being the ball in your own half, and that's all it was. I mean, you know, we had, I think we get unlucky on Laporte. So, you know, look, you're going to have Delphi is going to be out of position very, very frequently in that formation because he effectively plays him in central midfield. He's, 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 he's notionally a left back, but really he's constantly tucked in in central midfield. So if you knock a long ball diagonally into where he should be, he's going to be out of position. That's just the way it works. He gets back quite, quite well. Uh, he's certainly in, in the rough position. Uh, Laporte, I think, in the end, very unlucky because the ball breaks. He, he does make the challenge and the ball breaks away from him. Stones is just, you know, I think it all goes to the whole performance puts him all over the place. And I think he should do much better than he does. And, you know, I think we all know that Fernandinho would have got, got, a, got a proper touch on it. And then, of course, Walker... Who knows what the guy's doing? I mean, you know, throughout the game, who knows what the guy's doing? I actually thought he was decent up until um, up until around that point. Uh, he, he'd actually been okay, and I've watched it again. As I say, I've only actually I've only watched the first 30, 30 minutes on uh, a couple of times, but he does okay. But but then the goal is just bizarre. I mean, I don't know what his dangling his leg is is all about. Um, and then I don't know. I you know I just wonder whether Edison should do a bit better from that position. It just seems to me to go in remarkably easily given the position that Schlupp's in. Um, it's a great strike. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, you know I don't know. Is 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 um, is Edison's starting position not quite right? I don't know. Colin, uh, there you will probably remember the the leaked bit of audio footage of. Uh, Rio Ferdinand uh, saying that Kyle Walker is a liability at the top level. Um, what was your what was your response when you when you heard that? Uh, oh, yeah, it's 
it's kind of hard to disagree, really, isn't it? In some ways, Cal Walker, when he's good, is very, very good. And I know when he came to us, um, it was a revelation. You know, it, compared to Zabaleta, who was, you know, his legs were going and he was full of fire and energy. But, um, but you know, you know, the, the end was close for him. Cal Walker was was a revelation, but it seemed to start perhaps in the last third, the last quarter of last season, where he really wasn't playing as well as he should. And there was always a mistake in him. I mean, if we think back to the Wigan game, FA Cup game. And uh, again, at Leicester on Tuesday night, he really wasn't very good at all. And um, I, I, as Stefan said, I, you, you can blame, you can look at the part, Laporte should have probably got you know, a firmer tackle on Zahar because they had the opportunity. Stone's, uh, I'd say won the ball, but there were two, a couple of City players stood around who were ball watching instead of piling in to try and win it. And then Walker was doing that. He was like hopping like a constipated kangaroo across the area. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Um, I remember taking my son to the doctors when he was little and the doctor said, just hop on the table. So my son literally hopped on the table on one leg. Um, I, I, I had no idea what Walker was doing, but he had his leg up in the air, um, you know, like a dog doing a wee over a lamppost. And, and um, as Stefan said, yeah, I, I mean, you, you can't, don't think you can blame Walker particularly for that first goal because there are a few players who perhaps could have done better. I think he, he takes the majority Edison. share. I think but, he takes yeah, it, you know. He, he, he shouldn't have let um, Schlupp get that shot away. Well, he's, he's not playing well. I, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's very harsh to suggest that he's not, um, you know, he, he can't perform at the, at the highest level. I, I don't agree with that at all. I think he's one of the best fullbacks probably in the world, in my view. Now, that sounds ridiculous in the context of some pretty poor performances recently. I don't see that as permanent, uh, but definitely his head has gone at the moment. And uh, I think it's part fitness, um, but also part mental uh, and, you know, I think mistakes like the first goal, uh, the way he gives the ball away on the second goal, his foul on the second goal, his foul on the third goal. You know, these are all most of those situations are about him losing his head. I mean, you know, we, we haven't even talked about, well, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about the third goal. What is he doing? You know, there's no, they've hit the post, fine. But where's your composure? He's not going to score. Mayer's not going to score. So uh, at the moment, he's gone. Right. So I think he needs a rest. And uh, if Danilo was in any way fit, you know, Danilo should have played. But he probably looked at the defence, Pep, and thought, well, if I'm not if I've not got my two centre halves in place, I can't play Danilo because um, it's just, you know, the, the defence is just all over the place. But then that's why he should have played Stones and Laporte, because it would have given him more flexibility at the fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, yeah, we've made the point before, haven't we, about... If your back four is playing well, you play that back four. And Stones and Laporte were, were playing very well. Uh, and yeah, and I think, again, I agree with Stefan. Walker is, at his best, a great fullback. One of the best, potentially one of the best in the world. But he's making mistake after mistake. And you wonder how much of that is down to lack of competition. You know, how complacent does a player get? And perhaps with Danilo having been on the bench and being a bit fitter, maybe Danilo is no Carl Walker, that's for sure. But... You know, just just the thought that he's got some competition might um, spur him to to think a bit. But w- whether it's those socks that kind of caused him to play like this, I have no idea. But I think it's, 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 he needs to stop it's, thinking. It is a so mystery, much. and he is costing us. Part of it is thinking too much. I think you know he's 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 trying too hard to 
you know, impress in the times when he's not making mistakes. And he's trying too hard to cover up his mistakes when he makes them. He needs to I, just relax and play, you know, his ordinary game and 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 not try and be, uh, you know, sort of the centre of attention in as he has been in the last few games. But we've got a problem, you know, because we we know that we have very li- limited coverage in those positions. And if Danilo is not fit, we have a problem uh, because yeah. he's got to be, he's got to be rested. I mean, you can't keep playing the guy um, because it's just going to, it's not going to help. But I think his head seems to have gone since that Wigan game last season. And I don't know, I don't know what yeah, it I is. Mean, the but, Wigan, um, I mean, that, I mean, the Wigan one was a mistake, but you know, it's not, it, it wasn't see, such a terrible mistake. That seemed to be the start of him making a mistake every game. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to just, was to blame I don't know. For I don't know. Walker for me, but you know, I mean, we had to play the game with with ten men, you know, for for forty five minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you're right. I mean, it, you know, there's been a, a long period now where he's been where he's been, you know, not great, and you can't. There's no way around it. That that's just fact. So but, something's got to be done. Either either it's coaching, it's resting, it's his his own mental state. I don't know, but uh, he needs. He definitely has to come out of the team now. You know, there's no, there's just too many mistakes recently, and three in one game that are, you know, in in an absolutely what's turned out to be a very critical defeat. Um, I think he's got to come out of the team. Uh, Colin, I read an article uh, with the headline, Manchester City, fullback crisis. Moving over to the other side, would you add your voice to the to the boys at 93.20 in saying that we we cannot continue with midfielders doing a turn at left back? It's, it's time now to get in a proper defensive left back um, to be there when Mendy is not. Um, I don't know. Um... And we've had the conversation about Mendy before, haven't we? Um, but we don't. Was a different game. I, I was. We don't really play with a, a left back. I mean, as Stefan said earlier, Delph was playing nominally left back, but he's actually in midfield. And, and I was thinking that uh, thinking the other day that when I started watching football in the sixties, we played with um, two two full backs, uh, three half backs, two inside forwards, and three forwards uh, and we've almost football with all its permuta- tactical permutations has almost come full circle where you know now we'll, we play with two centre backs we play with um, two full backs in midfield alongside a number six uh, and the two you know Bernardo Kevin De Bruyne David Silva uh, as the inside forwards you know the Colin Bells and the um, Neil Youngs of this team uh, so I, you know I'm not that convinced that we need a defensive left back. But I mean, Colin, we're not going to get away with that against Dortmund and Barcelona. And that's it. Uh, you know, for me, that's the key point. Uh, first of all, I don't think he's going to do anything in January. But this is, we're not talking about home games against Crystal Palace. Absolutely. Right? In those games, Zinchenko and Delph, you know, 96 times out of 100 will have no problems whatsoever. But if you're talking about Champions League and we're going into Champions League, I don't know whether Mendy's going to be fit or not fit. I don't know whether the manager rates him, doesn't rate him. Uh, but there is a big drop off from Mendy to uh, to a midfield player playing at fullback in a Champions League game. Really? And it can be really? Does, does Mendy do any defensive work? 
Well, I, yeah, well, yeah, I think he probably does. I think he's he's in a, in a, in a similar way to uh, Walker. His physicality allows him to to do that, and instinctively, he's just more naturally a fullback and knows the position. So he, you know, he spends less time playing central midfield, although he did it a lot against Arsenal early in the season. But generally, he spends less time, and he can also be told and instructed to just be a defensive player in that particular game I, he's not the answer for for defensive midfield player but there's a the, sorry defensive uh, fullback but then there's another reason why even when he's fit we still need a uh, another option in that position i just don't think it's going to happen in january and um we, you know we've got what we've got and uh, I, I you know i i don't think they're just making it up about january i don't think there's going to be any signings I don't think you can get the Fernandinho replacement in January, and I don't think you can get a fullback that's a material improvement over Delph um, or Zinchenko in January. Fausto Gulam from like. Napoli, maybe. Well, I don't know enough about him. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I think it's not impossible, uh, but we're not going to spend. You're not going to get him for less than fifty million out of Napoli. Absolutely. And yeah. Are we really going to spend fifty million quid on a second choice fullback? To, because it's January, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I mean, that, that's the, yeah. I mean, that what Stefan made the, a point. I was sort of going to make that what we should be looking to do is find um, a younger player in the same way that you know Liverpool managed to find um, Robertson, Robertson Tom yeah. Hall. You know, let, let, let's find a, a, perhaps a nineteen, twenty-year-old who would perhaps play ten, twenty million for. Who we can trust in that position as a fullback. Well, guys, um, they're all they're all talking about this guy, you know, you one know, one, one Bissaka from Crystal Palace. Well, he, sh- he showed Walker up completely, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, kept Sane very very quiet. Well, he's not going to buy a twenty. I don't don't see him buying a twenty year old for that position. I mean, I think you know he likes he likes more experience in those in those areas, as far as I can see. So uh, you know. One uh, was good, but obviously he's a, he's a right-sided player. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Aaron I don't Chris know. Will, but, maybe. Come on, I mean, you know that that, and that's what we're talking about. That's the sort of level you get to, yep. and that's why I'm saying I don't see it because you know I'm not having that Aaron Cresswell is is at a materially no. better level than than Fabian Delph. Yeah, I just don't buy that, and um, and nor is he going to hit the ground running on day one. You know, maybe if there was an experienced left back that Pep's worked with before that that he thinks he could slot in there, maybe. But I don't think I'm just not expecting it now. That that maybe assumes that Mendy is going to be is going to come back in some form in in February. I don't know. Maybe he's not. We're very lucky with the draw as well. You know, I think with the best one in the world, it's uh, we'll we'll beat Schalke over two legs, yeah. and um, so he's got he's got a bit more time to think about it. Uh, and the league is obviously a different problem, and we'll know a lot about the league in the next three games. Uh, Colin, uh, moving swiftly onwards, uh, two minutes, I think it was, after the Schlup equaliser, you had the goal from uh, Andros Townsend. And it's, it's, people just say, well, you know, that's a worldie. You can't do anything about that. What, what's your view? Uh, I would tend to agree with them, to be honest. I mean, uh, I watched, again, I watched that a few times. Uh, and again, um, Kyle Walker. Um, as Stefan mentioned earlier, was was uh, involved in that in a number of ways. First of all, he gave the ball away in the, the Palace half of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he passed the ball forward and it, it straight to a Palace player, so they got uh, they got possession back. He then came back and fouled 
um, to Har, pulled his shirt, which was completely unnecessary. You know, there were two he fouled him three times, him. actually. He fouled him three times, yeah. <laughs> G- gave away the free kick, which which they scored from. Now, from that free kick, Stones actually does very well from an awkward position to um, clear the ball. Gundogan misses a header, then Bernardo puts a header out to the 30-yard line, um, which in normal circumstances, you would say, was safe for the moment. Um, but of course, uh, Townsend just catches it perfectly uh, and it flies in the back of that. Nothing Edison could do. I, I don't think anyone was at fault for that. I don't. It's one of those goals that you've got to give credit to the scorer for, to, to the scorer. Uh, and and re- there were even City fans applauding that. And I remember um, Zoltan Guerra scored for, I can't remember if it's Fulham or West Brom. Oh, you're going back a bit uh, now, the, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he scored an absolute corker of a goal, and, and everyone just applauded it, even the City fans, because you've just got to give credit to the guy. Uh, you know, he, he could try that a hundred times, and, and ninety-nine times it'd go out, out for a throw-in, or you know, into the roof of the onto the roof of the stadium. But he just happened to catch it that that one time, and uh, you know, you, you could say we perhaps we should have been, um, uh, you know, there should have been more focus on clearing the ball. But I think we did. As much as you expect to do under those circumstances. Fernandinho's well, playing. Does uh, Townsend get a shot on? Oh yeah, yeah. You still think he does? I, I don't think that makes a difference. He was so far out that no one there would have covered him. And we are, I think, defensively, uh, our defensive organisation tends to be a little bit poor when we're kind of in that situation. We don't tend to get players into those spaces further away from goal. So we tend to kind of pack the eighteen-yard box. And, and I've noticed a few times that we we have been slow to cover those areas outside, you know, further from kind of about 20 to 30 yards. OK, guys, well, hats off to Townsend there, uh, Stefan. We go into halftime 2-1 down. Ten minutes later, we have the penalty incident. Well, first of all, let's talk about that. Clear penalty for you, Stefan? Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. But, but, I mean, if we think about the um, – just uh, it, was, it was six minutes, wasn't it? 51 minutes? 55. Uh, and we'd made, um, we'd, we'd made a sub, hadn't we? Um, it brought Aguero on for um, Otamendi. An actual fact, if, again, if you watch the build-up to the penalty, uh, again, you know, Walker's fault for giving away the penalty. Aguero's come on and uh, – Obviously, it's great to have him back, but we know with Aguero, it takes him seems to take him a few games to get back to peak fitness. And certainly at Leicester on Tuesday, he just, uh, I don't know, he seemed to be practising a Lukaku tribute act because he just couldn't hold on to the ball at all. Mm. And that, that their move towards the penalty started because Aguero, the ball just bounced off him about 35 yards out from the Palace goal when we were attacking. Uh, we were being a bit pressured, but but... He should have controlled that ball. From then on, of course, Wambisaka picks up the ball. And I think Delft does as well as he could do in those circumstances. He kept pace with him. He, he closed him down. But he just got that cross away. And um, they were unlucky not to score from the header. I can't have it. Uh, I mean, I agree with what Aguero did, but I can't have that it's anything... Okay like his culpability ultimately Delph I I agree with you that he does okay but the ball comes in and the ball came in in a similar scenario against Watford as well Uh, the ball should not come in and uh, you know I've I've spent a bit of time earlier in the podcast sort of defending uh, Delph but the ball shouldn't come in and uh, and then where where is Laporte on the on the striker 
um, who hits the yeah. post. I mean, there's just nowhere. But doesn't matter. Any of that's all irrelevant because he does hit the post. They don't score. And then what Walker does is just ridiculous. I mean, there's no... There's no two ways about it. Mayer is not about to score. He does not need to bring him down. The challenge is just wild and reckless. He could even have sent him off for it because was it a genuine attempt to win the ball? I don't know. He seems to take the man out. I think he just about got away with that. But the interesting thing was where I said, we saw that happened. And obviously you look straight at the referee and he shook his head. And then about three or four seconds later, he's pointing to the penalty spot. So someone obviously had a word in his ear um, because he wasn't going to give that. At first, but um, it, it was a penalty, no doubt about it. Uh, and I say, I think Walker was just panicked by the ball hitting the post. Walker just lost his head and went flying in. And, and I think it probably was a, a reasonably genuine attempt to play the ball. And he said, I think he got the benefit of the doubt on that. But yeah, funny enough, I was thinking when I was watching it um, just before, hmm, I wonder if he could have been red carded for that. Stefan, 55 minutes, 3-1 down. With the way the game is going, the flavour of the game, are you thinking to yourself, that's it, that it's gone now? We're not getting this back? Well, it depends what you mean by getting it back. I mean, um, did I think we could win the game? Uh, probably not. Uh, do you think we could draw it? Yeah, because I think you score a goal and the whole thing changes. And uh, I would have made the changes earlier, first of all. I don't know why he had to spend 15 minutes, whatever it was, waiting to decide to bring on KDB. Uh, you know, it wasn't working uh, in that period after the third goal. And really, both Aguero and him should have been on at half time, in my view. I, I thought they could do it, you know. I mean, I, you know, what, what, why, why couldn't they score two goals against Crystal Palace, uh, you know? But uh, as as the half pans out, you start to wonder how they're going to score because they've got one plan, which to me is uh, an antithesis of how we should be playing, uh, and we are completely unsuited to play that way, uh, which is knocking deep crosses into Crystal Palace's very large centre halves. That was that's the thing, Colin. He's absolutely right. That was that seemed to be the game plan after the uh, the goal. Did you did you see that? Oh yeah, absolutely. We commented on it at the match. You know, why are we doing this? What is the point? And even even the delivery wasn't even very good. Um, you know, Gabriel Jesus was in there, but you know, when the three one up, you know, at half time we came out for half time. I absolutely agree with Stefan. Those changes should have been made at half time, and Aguero was out warming up at half time. Uh, or, or about five minutes before they came back on, Aguero was warming up. So I assumed he were on the pitch. So I assumed they were going to bring him on. But that game, you know, at, at 46 minutes, that game was winnable. You know, at 52 minutes, that game looked not as... Aguero was brought on uh, on 50 minutes and De Bruyne was brought on on 62, 62. minutes. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I mean, he delayed, of course. It wasn't that long of a delay, but I mean... They did seem to play in the 30 minutes before the goal by uh, KDB. My goodness, they were playing as if Ed and Jekka was on the pitch there. Um, yeah, well, that's what we said. Well, it made no sense. They couldn't get Ed behind Jekka, them, right? Yes, yeah, Stefan? We haven't got... Well, look, I, I, I think you should have within your squad a, a striker. Absolutely. Someone or, who can... or, or an Ed and Jekka, right? But yeah. it's never going to happen with Pep. And yeah. that's fine. But then don't start playing those sorts of crosses. I understand yeah. why it ended up happening, because ultimately Sterling had one of his worst games, really, since arriving at the club. I mean, I thought he was dreadful 
from from minute one all the way through and couldn't get behind their fullback. And on the other side, Sane, who started reasonably well, couldn't get behind uh, Wambasaka. So if they can't get behind them, you, you inevitably you're going to start, if you're going to cross the ball, it's going to be from deeper. Through the middle, we only had uh, Bernardo Silva, who was actually going out wide a fair amount and you know is not in tip-top form. Again, I think because he's probably being overplayed. So... You know, it was understandable to an extent why that was happening. I thought we looked a little bit more dangerous with uh, with KDB on the field, um, but no shots. No, we you know we barely created a, a chance in that second half. Uh, I don't understand why we don't shoot more in that sort of situation when we're chasing a game uh, because things happen. You know, balls break and and deflections and all of these sorts of things. Um, but I think, you know, by the time we're 3-1 down, it then becomes a problem that we have with uh, a half-fit Aguero, a half-fit KDB, um, and the other injuries. I think it, it, the whole picture changes. It's all, you know, a 1-0 with Stones in midfield, it's fine. Mm-hmm. At 3-1 down with half, your, your two best players half-fit and your three other key players actually injured, you've got a huge problem. So... You know that I think it was a coming together of a number of things on the day um, that that leads to us losing. Colin, there's a big difference between what we as fans want to see happen and what we know that Pep will do. There are certain things that Pep will not do, and 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 it seems that what he definitely will not do is uh, sign up or bring on um, a. Well, to to put it bluntly, a tall lad that cannot nod the ball in from crosses. Does it frustrate you a little bit, Pep's inflexibility on that aspect of the game um, to rescue situations? Uh, no, it it, it do, no, it doesn't because um, it's not the way he plays. The rescue one. Uh, oh yeah, um, you know, it, it's not it's very, very often rare. We have the rescue. Let's be honest, it's very rare we're in that position, isn't it? Um, that, you know, we're, we're thumping in crosses to a Jekko. And, and can anyone imagine Jekko adapting to Pep's methods and Jekko turning up to in midfield to kind of dig the ball but, out? But I think he doesn't to... have to. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to, <laughs> well, does well, he, though? But, but that's the way you play in a Pep team. And let's be honest, most of the time, we don't need that big lad up front. Gosh, what because... I would do for Niall Quinn in that sort of situation. It's very, <laughs> it's very, it's very easy to... Um, it's very easy to say that, but if you you know if you stand back and look at the way we play, uh, it, uh, the, the the person I would have in there is Harry Kane because I think he's a footballer who can do that job, mm-hmm. but, but can also play a bit, um, and he's a good example. Jeko uh, maybe not so much, but I think that um, you know it it can be frustrating, but we shouldn't have been pinging cr- very and there were very poor crosses as well. All right, Jesus was in there. Uh, Aguero was there, but Aguero was never quite in the right place at the right time. A front line but of midgets. <laughs> it's not the way. It's not the way we play. And what is the point? I think he was you could surprising. say get a bit, get you know, put a big man on to get on the end of the crosses. But what is the point of putting? You could also look at it the other way and say it's not the way we play. What is the point of us putting quite poor crosses in when we've got no one to get on the end of them? And that's not the way we we play normally. I mean, we're not, you know, perhaps we miss David Silver in that situation. I, I'm always. I'm always a little worried about uh, Silver in those sorts of situations because obviously once they were 3-1 up, Crystal Palace are in a great position um, because they can just go narrow and deep. They can just defend the 18-yard area. All right, they might give away a goal as they did. And even if they gave away two goals, they'd be delighted to come away with a point. So they're in a great position. They can just sit back 
and, and, and absorb the pressure. You know, we perhaps should have, where someone like David Silver would have been great, or maybe Foden, uh, they're, they're perhaps a little bit more um, mobile than than Bernardo was or, or, or Gundogan. I thought Gundogan had, of all of them, probably had the, the best game of, of, of the players on the pitch. But um, I, and another thing about uh, just thinking back to the, the penalty, of course, um, we've just gone to a back three as well. So when Stefan said um, you know, Laporte wasn't marking their, their striker, um, we'd gone to a back three. And, and, you know, you've got a question, the whole way we approached uh, chasing that game. Um, you know, Stones could have dropped into the back. If Otamendi was going off, Stones could have dropped into the back four. You know, Gundogan could have, as we say, could have gone to a number six position. KDB could have come come on. We could have kept our shape. You know, you could have taken Gundogan off and put Aguero on if, if we're desperately chasing the game. So I don't think Aguero offers us that much in that type of scenario. So uh, you, you've got to look at the whole way we we approached the task and it was poor to be honest. Silver might have made David Silver might have made a difference. He would have made a difference, but I think you know, to me it's surprising what what happens there and that, that Pep allows them to keep pinging those balls in. And then when he makes a substitution, he, t- he brings on Mores. Mores' only trick is to go left and start pinging balls in. You know yeah. he's, he's he's very very one footed, uh, and you know the thing that he likes to do is to put those often very, very good balls, balls in from the left. But they were not going to work, I don't think, in this game. And he could have brought Foden on for a bit more craft and guile in that sort of central position. Or he could have instructed um, Mares to to shoot more or, you know, or to at least try and win some fouls around the box to give us a free kick. Because, of course, we did the, the closest we came, really, to, to scoring before we did was the free kick. So... I don't know. It was very odd. I found it very. I found Pep quite kind of a bit, a bit lost as to what to do in the situation, which is very. I don't know. I'm very surprised. It was very much um, a Pellegrini type performance, wasn't it? After in that second half, and result, and result, and result. Yeah, you know, um, it was almost like it was reminiscent of the days where it was one attack, one goal for the opposition, and where we completely didn't seem to have a plan B bit worrying to some degree. I'd rather not have the plan B. I mean, just just quickly on that, I, you know, I think this is what I think we're agreeing in that let's not ha- if we're not going to have a plan B, that's great, right? Because actually our plan A is really good. But yeah. let's stick to plan A. And he didn't make he didn't enforce on the team that he should have been jumping up and down going, "What are you doing? We don't play that way. Get the ball down and let's play how we play." Okay, they've got a, a, a low block. We know that. We've played that. How many times we played against that? Forget that we're two down. Imagine we're one down. Let's get a goal. And then the game's changed. You know, and let's win some fouls around the box. You know, let's create them some problems. Let's have a couple of shots. I don't know. We just didn't do any of the things that I would have thought. You know, we, we allowed yeah. half it's an the hour person- and a half to go without really creating anything. We'll call the yeah. 85th, 85th minute. Did De Bruyne fluke that? Second goal. Well, for us. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> because I mean, it was almost symptomatic of our poor delivery um, because that was meant for Sane that cross, and it, of course, and and I'm at the other end of the ground, so I saw him put that ball in and saw the ball end up in the net, but couldn't work out how it had got there, mm-hmm. and I thought someone must have got a touch on it, and then of course saw the, the, the saw the replay, and it was just it sailed straight in, but but that was almost I say that was typical. Of the of the way we were flinging completely hopeless balls in, and that one just happened. It, you know, he misjudged that ball completely. 
but so did the keeper, and it just happened to misjudge it into the net. Uh, Stefan, how um, clear-cut was that Gabriel Jesus miss uh, at the death? Uh, What did you think about that one? Was he sort of culpable for profligacy there, or was that a bit of a difficult chance? He actually gets a good connection on it. Uh, But he should score, I guess. I mean, you know, does a... There's a player that's absolutely on his game at, at the top of world football. Does he take the chance? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, th- I thought he got measure, a bit of a whack in the back from the Crystal Palace player. Probably not enough to give away a penalty, but enough to put him off because he kind of um, his his kind of his midriff went forward, which made made his head go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I didn't notice it. It could be right. He sort Didn't, of put his I... hands up in the air, half appealing. I don't think it was a penalty, but the, the Palace player did enough to put him off. I think that little bit. Well, an experienced guy would be better at convincing the referee that it was a foul. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Guys, let me be agent provocateur as we uh, wind this pod down. So last Christmas at this point, we were 13 points clear. Crystal Palace, we'd beaten them 5-0 twice. Uh, in this game, we had 78% possession, of course. Not that that worked for us. But, um, okay, controversial statement. Liverpool are not letting this slip. It's their, it's their year. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Colin, just for fun. Um, well, maybe not for fun, but uh, they're just... Um, l- let me just say, they something really, well, controversial. They're more solid at the back. They're more industrious in midfield. They don't have the creativity. But these guys are a serious threat this season. What do you say? Uh, well, they are more of a threat this season. I mean, we're not going to win, which, which is a good thing, because I think um, perhaps we need that little bit of pressure on us to remove any prospect of complacency. Now, at the moment, I'm doing my, um, I'm keeping my spreadsheet of, uh, last year versus last season versus this season. You are so a basically, nerd, Colin. You are a nerd. I am a nerd. I am a nerd. I've got it wrong actually because I've got was beating Crystal Palace three 0 But <laughs> I think we're um, we are level on last season as far as I've got it. So, if I've got my numbers right so far, uh, so so we're at this. We are game for game, like for like, and obviously the promoted teams replaced the relegated teams from last season. Uh, on a like-for-like basis, we are exactly where we were last season. Liverpool, on the other hand, are 10 points ahead of where they were last season uh, on, on a like-for-like basis. So given that they were 25 points behind us, it's going to be very, very... It's clearly going to be very, very close if they keep that up. But but that's not a bad thing because, um, you know, we've only we've won the title three times in the last few years, but only once have we won it remotely comfortably. Oh, very comfortable in the end, but but of course both times we um, we scraped through in uh, basically in the last game. Liverpool were top at Christmas. Uh, Stefan, how much do Liverpool worry you as a uh, as a threat? Uh, yeah, a lot. I mean, we've got we've got a problem. I think uh, I can't agree with Colin about us being level with last season because we lost the home game against the team that. In every spreadsheet that any of us would do, or any betting analysis, or anything, we win the game, and we have to no, win what, the game. What, what, what I'm saying with that is, that I'm taking the results on a game by game basis. So, for example, United, we lost two last season at home. This season, we beat them, so we're three points up. Uh, last season, we beat Palace at home very comfortably. Yeah, no, we I lost know. with three points. Up. So, so at the moment, I know what you're saying, purely, but the reality yeah, is, on a purely life for life basis, like, like Palace, uh, overall, when 
we're no worse off. We're still on target, potentially, for 100 points. But, yeah, we shouldn't be losing games like that. When you're up against Liverpool in the form that they are, uh, and their start has been absolutely astonishing defensively, uh, the way that they've they've had they've had every break gone for them. The Everton was a big, you know, Ever- Everton with if if the if the goal doesn't go in, we're four ahead. And I think, to be honest, I, I would have felt very confident it was done and dusted because I think it would have broken them. Um, and maybe you'd say, well, you know, no league is won in November and no league is won in December, and and that's potentially true. Although we might we might test that in the next three three games because, uh, you know, I don't see Liverpool dropping points against Newcastle and Arsenal. Um, or may, against, maybe they'll drop. Two. Not against Arsenal. But, but, well, maybe, maybe, but I, I, you know, I think Arsenal are fine. I just don't think they. I don't think are they really going to go to Anfield and. They're not going to be tight, are they? So it's going to be a relatively open game. I, I don't know. I can't. I'd be surprised. I think they'll. Let's say that even if they get four, uh, we've certainly got to get six. If we get six uh, in the next two games, it's of course it's game on. We 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 have a chance to beat them at home. Um, that's fine. If we go seven um, or if we're six or something like that and we don't beat them, then. You know, we'll know a lot about this this title because they don't look injuries aside, and injuries can happen and will will impact them in a massive way. In the way that, frankly, it's impacted us in the last few weeks. Um, you know, there are two or three players who are absolutely key to them, and if they have injuries to those players, and I expect them to have, they're not going to go all season without having those big injuries. Um, then, then it could change things. But I wouldn't want to be. I certainly don't want the gap to be any more than four points um, when when we won't have an opportunity to play them again between uh, January and the end of the season. You know, we, it won't be within our control. So if you think about some of the other situations in the past, at least we've had a level of control in that we've played the team that we're up against and this season we won't have that op- option. Um, it's not impossible, of course, but also history does tell you that the team that's top at Christmas generally wins the league except and, if you're um, Liverpool because of the two times that Liverpool course, were top at Christmas of course. They, they didn't they didn't win <laughs> but this isn't Liverpool of old right yeah. we all know that yeah. we all know this is a yeah, yeah. They're, they're a they're a beast this season we've we've created a monster and we've created a monster in Spurs as well in terms of people being uh knowing that they can't drop even a point uh and that's all on the back of 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 where, what we are and so the fact that it's happened in the past I just don't think is is particularly relevant um, I think the only thing that we, we've got to keep very close to them we've got to beat them at the Etihad and then we've got to hope that they also get their fair share of knockbacks with injuries over the season and, and fatigue and everything else and you would expect them to do so I can't see how they could go a very intense season in the way that they play with Champions League still live with all the emotion that Liverpool have because I think you know there is a flip side to that emotion which is that they're all completely carried away mm-hmm. and the players are impacted by it they've been impacted by it before and so you, you have to think um, that they are going to have their their own dip but we just can't let them get too far ahead and frankly maybe Spurs you know they're only two points behind us and they've got three home games in hand on us so Spurs as much as I think they are not capable of winning the league, they are not out of it. Uh, Colin, if we had Walter Smith on here, he'd be giving us pelters for the negativity. He would just say, 
KDB, KDB. We've been without yeah. him, and he's going to come and make the difference for us. What would you think? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the, the one thing I've been saying is, obviously, we've had our problems with injuries, uh, um, but bar Mendy, most of our players now are, are coming to full fitness in the crucial Christmas-January period. And so, so that, for me, is obviously a plus. We should have virtually a full complement by the time Liverpool arrive um, a week on Wednesday or Thursday, is it? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Thursday, isn't it? Yeah. So, obviously, that that's good for us. You know, with David Silva back, Kevin De Bruyne back. We can give Bernardo a little bit of a rest. Um, you know, we, we've then got options. As, as uh, Stefan rightly says, I'm, I'm looking at the, the Liverpool stats. Uh, Salah's played 17 out of 18 games, league games. Um, Firmino's played 16. Marley's uh, played 15 out of 18 games. Um, they can't go on like that. Mm-hmm. They cannot mm-hmm. go on like that. So they're relying very well. Obviously, Van Dijk has made a huge difference to them. You know, if something, if, if Van Dijk was out for you know a, a couple of months, that would be a huge issue. If Salah was out for a couple of months, that would be a huge issue for them. So there's a long way to go yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not negative, but it's going to be a lot. It obviously going to be a lot closer than it was last season. It's not just a couple of months. I think on the injuries. I mean, we've seen that players miss a key game. Uh, and it can change things. You know, it can be one game. It can be um, it can be missing two games. Uh, I, I, our key right now is to not think too much about you know too far ahead. We've just got to win the two games, uh, which it won't be easy. I mean, Southampton is a terrible time to play Southampton with yeah. Hass- um, uh, Ralph Hasenhutl. Or you know, he's doing well. He's won uh, two games on the on the bounce. New manager bounce with that guy. He looks a, he looks a manager, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, you know, who knows in these honeymoon periods? I've, but but he certainly instilled something in the players that's a, above and beyond Mark Hughes, which is not difficult. I think any of us on this call. Could do it. Um, but um, it's just not a good time to play them. So, yeah. but fine, it is what it is. We just got to win the game. You know, th- these are games we've we've removed. We had Liverpool have, have been very fortunate in those games that we've seen where and they've been resilient as well. You know, in fairness to them, they played a B team against Burnley and went a goal down and still won three one. So you have to give them some credit. They came off the back of the Napoli game, um, which is a very intense game and still beat United. Uh, we know United have got their problems, but it they did it, and they did so it well. Actually, jammy against Everton as well. That was just unbelievable. Yeah, and they and they, and they had the break the, the break against Everton, and they had the break against City. Okay, so they, everything has fallen for them, and it's given them, you know, a lot of a lot of points that maybe they they wouldn't have had. But that is what it is, and we've had the opposite, which is a game that, on every analysis, is an absolute banker win, and we failed to win it. So we've given ourselves, we've we've used a joker at the weekend, and uh, we've just got no room right now. We've got no room for messing around and uh, making a mistake. So the pressure's on for those two games, and then and then the pressure is you know, trebled when we actually come up against um, Liverpool. But, um, so I don't know. You know, Liverpool also played two less home games and uh, we just, let's see what happens in the next two games, I think. Okay, guys, that's everything that I've got on my piece of paper. Are there, is there anything else that we need to talk about, Colin? Uh, No, I don't think so. Stefan? Yeah, I just want to apologise because if people were coming on expecting Walters upbeat, uh, <laughs> analysis and joyful, hopeful for the Christmas season. 
he got me and Colin instead. It's not quite the same, <laughs> is it? Don't do it. Don't do it. That is your review of Crystal Palace. And uh, we're being positive. We're looking forward. We're wishing you all a Merry Christmas. And before we go, we're just going to thank and bid farewell to our two guests. First of all, Colin Savage, thank you very much for your input and analysis, mate. Cheers. It's a pleasure. I hope um, everyone's enjoyed it so far. And I hope uh, you, it'll be Christmas Day, presumably, when you're listening to this or later. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you have a good one. And um, it's a good and successful 2019, particularly for City. And thank you very much, Stefan. We have been chasing after you for so long. It's so difficult to get these things organized, but uh, I hope this is the first of many, mate. We need you on this podcast. Thank you very much for your input and insight on this particular podcast. Pleasure. I love deflating Christmas cheer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. Well, we'll be back with you after the next game. So until then, as we always say, have a Christmas one on us and up the blues. It's about time that you mind to die